Art and Function of Self-Defense. We're going to talk today about how those two worlds come crashing together when it comes to learning how to protect yourself. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Peace Walker Podcast. This is Craig Gray. You're on episode number 136. The Art and Function of Self-Defense. So sit down, grab a beer, do whatever you need to do. This one might be a rambly one. We're going to be talking about how art and function crash in together and the misconceptions and the fanfare and all the good, bad, and ugly that come with it when it comes to learning how to protect yourself and how martial arts and legends and lore and opinions and all this fanfare kind of stir itself up in this big illusion of functional practical training and keeping people's attention and see i'm already getting rambly but that's what it's going to be about this idea of the art and function of self-defense And speaking of the art and function of self-defense, I have more function than art for you in the six-day defense course. If you can just dedicate and commit to, it's not even six days, like eight, ten-hour trainings. It's six days of try five to ten minutes of training for six days. You're going to be on your way to being a better protector and a better peace walker. If you could go to sixdaydefense.com, it's all spelled out except for the dot, you're going to get my free home study course where in a few short lessons, you are going to learn how to better protect yourself, how to clarify conflict a little bit more, how to be a tough target, how to survive a conflict and a violent encounter, how to start to become a defender and working your way to a protector and a peace walker. You can take this home study course at your own pace from the convenience of your own phone, my friend, and start getting the skills that will last you a lifetime, probably change your life in some way, and maybe even save it. Peacewalker.com. No, not peacewalker.com. Damn you. If I was the actor, I'd be fired. Sixdaydefense.com. All spelled out except for the dot. You're also going to get privy to my almost daily emails where almost every day I'm going to send you a story with tips, tricks, and tactics wrapped up into those stories about my checkered past, present, and probably future. And also, 
stories from the lives of our community. And some rambling musings that uh, meander here and there to teach lessons of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So get on it. Sixdaydefense.com. All spelled out except for the dot. As you can tell, I'm a little bit of a, a zany mood today. Um, my back's feeling awesome, which it hasn't in a while, so that's always a good thing. Thank you, uh, all my docs and PTs and massage therapists and heating pads and all that keeping me going. Um, you may or may not know, but I'm a Kevin Smith fan. And uh, you may not be. He's definitely a uh, particular groove. Not everybody digs him. Uh, if you don't know who Kevin Smith is, Kevin Smith is the writer-director who created Clerks back in 1994. And um, Jersey Girl was probably one of his higher profile. Mall Rats. Um, for the record, I never even saw Jersey Girl. It didn't get very good reviews, I believe. Um, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, I think, are both in it. Uh, George Carlin was in it. I got to watch that one, too. Um, Dogma. All the Clerks 1, 2, and 3. Red State. Uh, <laughs> Tusk, which, <laughs> if you're a horror, wacky horror B-movie flick fan, then you might like Tusk. It was pretty out there. Uh, Yoga Hosers, which... <laughs> You might want to save yourself from, but but I like the Clerks franchise. I listen to his podcast a lot, and um, I'm in the middle of listening to his book. I think it's called Tough Shit. Um, but anyways, I, I probably like him because he's my age, right? He's actually a little younger than I am. He was born in 1970 in August. I was born in 1970 in July. Had to think there for a second. But um, he was just an everyday kid back in the day working at a convenience store. And he was inspired actually by the uh, um, movie Slacker, if you remember that, if you're into that 90s thing. And uh, also, you know, he was motivated by Quentin Tarantino, who was also coming out about the same time-ish. I think Tarantino's movie Pulp Fiction, which I'm a big fan of, I think came out in 94 as well. But he had a jump start on Kev by a few years, I think, um, with movies. And you know, Tarantino was a, was a clerk from a movie store. But Kevin was a, was a clerk at a convenience store that is still there in, I think it's Red Bank. I think it's Red Bank, New Jersey, which is funny because I've been going out to New Jersey for a couple decades now and I've not visited it and I need to. Maybe one of these times when I go out to jet and visit Jack to train, I might uh, go see because the quick stop that they filmed the Clerks movie in is an actual place. And apparently it still looks pretty much the same. So if you're a Kevin Smith man, you too can go to the actual store that it was that that, that movie was uh, created in. At least one and three. 
Clerks 2 had a uh, different setting, um, movies, which is a fake, um, it's a fake, uh, what am I thinking, fast food restaurant. But anyways, you might be thinking, you are rambly, Craig, holy cow, how, what does any of this have to do with what, what self-defense and protecting yourself and, and your podcast? So anyway, so I've been listening to Kevin Smith's book that he wrote. I'm not even sure when he wrote it. I think 2018 or 16 or something like that. But anyways, he's talking about the art of making movies. And I like Kevin probably because he was a regular guy. He was about my age, you know. The movie was very much about the authenticity of his experience as being a clerk, obviously done in a satirical manner and uh, with dialogue. But, but I was thinking about the movies and the, the cinema and TV that was coming out in the 90s back then. You think Seinfeld, you think the Quentin Tarantino movies, you think Clerks and that, you think things like Reality Bites, the movie, and um, Before Sunrise, which is another kind of indie movie that came out with Ethan Hawke. All of these are about everyday life. They're all, well, I mean, the Tarantino's not really everyday life, <laughs> but everyday conversations. So everyday conversations. So very these these uh, productions are very dialogue heavy about everyday things, and it's the art and function of everyday life, which bring which brings me to the art and function of martial arts and self defense. Again, I'm going to try to string through string together these random thoughts that I had, which are starting to leak out my elbow here or my vocal cords, <clears throat> as they may be. But there is a huge art and function capacity to martial arts and protecting yourself. Well, the term martial arts, think about it. Martial arts, martial, you know, military art. So in the self-defense and martial art community, martial arts and self-defense, art and function, Defensive tactics and martial arts and sport all get confused. They get, how do you want to say, um, mixed in together a lot. And part of the problem is because there's a lot of overlap, right? There's a lot of overlap between really protecting yourself in realistic terms in the martial arts in all of their flavors and combat sports in all of their flavors. There is a lot of overlap when it comes to physically protecting yourself and even just protecting yourself as a, as a holistic uh, endeavor. And what happens is you know, form following function, 
is art representing life or is life representing art and all this kind of stuff. And we get very into our arts, right? So when people first walk through my doors, oftentimes they want to learn how to protect themselves. And literally within a matter of a few months, maybe a couple years, you know, and then on the outside, I would say somewhere between three to five years. But oftentimes within a matter of months, if they stick around, they turn into martial artists. They go from, I want to learn how to protect myself, to I want to be a martial art, to I want to be a martial artist of this particular flavor. And you can pick your poison. It could be Krav Maga, it could be Ninjutsu, it could be Kung Fu, it could be Tai Chi, it could be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it could be Judo, Boxing, Wrestling, MMA, stick fighting, knife fighting, Kali, Iskrima, Silat, Karate, Taekwondo, you name it. But because we begin at the starting point of learning how to protect ourselves... And then what happens is we attach that to the art form of it or the sport of it. And we justify logically in our head that that is why you're doing it sometimes rather than just for the love of the art or the love of the sport <clears throat> or the art and the sport. And that, that the byproduct of some of those things help you to protect yourself. what we do is we thin slice just like we did when we were kids about how, you know, Superman can beat up Batman or Batman could kill Aquaman or, you know, we put up these super matches of things that are ludicrous. <clears throat> and the problem is, I think, with the martial arts and the combat sports is there's a certain amount of truth to it, right? You can, you can see these things in real time if you pit two people together. Even though it may or may not have more or less bearing on being able to actually protect yourself in the real world. Because learning how to really protect yourself is so much more than learning how to punch, kick, choke people out, you know, wield knives or sticks or even shoot guns. You know, we are mind, body, spirit, social ethical, emotional, psychological, physical, relationship-oriented, habit-forming, on and on and on, human beings. So the art of protecting yourself isn't just about being able to kick ass. And then kick ass in what context, right? You give me any Gracie out there and my SIG, and guess what? I have an advantage. You give any good shooter out there their weapon and the other person a knife and the advantage, 
of distance and time and you've got yourself a different game. You take any of these guys and put them in the middle of a war and it's a different story. You take a guy who's good at martial arts and you put him in a debate, a different story. I know some crusty people in their 80s who have lived in you know, big cities, violent neighborhoods their whole life. They've never taken a, a you know, martial arts class in their life. They don't carry a gun or a weapon. And they're the hardest motherfuckers that you ever want to meet when it comes to street smarts. And you wouldn't want to fuck with them because <laughs> you're not going to come out on the, you know, on the winning side. I know some of the most gentle, nicest people are some of the most dangerous. There are so many factors to protecting yourself in the real world. It's not just about the physicality of it, although that can help. But we get attached to our art at some point. Sometimes that becomes the name or word or pathway to protecting yourself. Like right now, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is getting very popular. So people who are thinking about learning how to protect yourself in self-defense, they think, oh, well, all I've been hearing all over the internet and, you know, pay-per-view and on TV and all this is how effective Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is regarding self-defense so they go do that or oh i really heard that krav maga is really the thing you know so they go do that and they kind of confuse function and form art and function and it's not that they're mutually exclusive just like you being a good swimmer and that contributing to you being a good lifeguard out on the beach or at the pool, there's an overlap. <clears throat> but as we know, it's not the only skill that's necessary to be a good lifeguard. But just because you're a better swimmer past a certain point doesn't mean you're going to be a better lifeguard. So... There are a lot of attributes that the arts bring into protecting yourself. So let's talk about that a second. Number one, um, confidence. If you're learning and progressing in a martial art, combat sport, most of the time you're going to gain some confidence. When you gain confidence, if it's not only arrogance, but if you gain a certain amount of confidence, that can help you protect yourself. That can help you be a better peace walker too, right? That can help you defend yourself and other people more effectively. So that's one thing. The physicality, right? So if most people don't train. But if you know how to physically protect yourself better, even if it's not 
at the Olympic level or at the UFC level or <clears throat> at the Navy SEAL level. Even a little bit of training is going to put you head and shoulders above most other people who never train. So that's another thing, right? It's just any type of a system, even if it's not an efficient system, any type of a system is probably going to give you an advantage over somebody who doesn't have one. Especially if you're not physically, you know, big and strong and athletic. So which brings us to, you know, you training physically is going to help you with your health, with your athleticism. Training and any of those things can also help you with your emotional and psychological state. Those endeavors are also social, so you're getting more social um, skills, even if you don't train like communication uh, skills specifically. You're going to get them just by the byproduct of getting together with people and interacting with them in a way that you have to in a class. Even if the martial art that you're training or the combat sport that you're training is minimally, minimally focused on self-defense, that is better than the average person walking down the street who has no training. Because what are, there's a lot of different factions of, you know, I want to say conflict and, and defense and violence. One, let's say, is, let's say the random assailant who's looking for a, a target. Who are they going to pick? They're going to pick people who are not paying attention and that they look like they won't protect themselves. They look like they're vulnerable. So if you're training in martial arts or any combat sport, most likely you are going to look more formidable just by the habits you develop by training on an ongoing ongoing way in an ongoing way. You know, with your stance and your stride and the way you hold yourself. So right there, you're going to eliminate a big chunk of the potential for you getting targeted. <clears throat> Another thing is, again, even at a more minimal point of self-defense training within the art or combat sport, you're probably at some point going to talk about somewhat awareness. You know, you're used to looking at people. You're used to paying attention to things. So, which is another thing, right? So, if I'm the assailant, I'm going to look for somebody who's not paying attention, somebody who I think I can overwhelm and take advantage of. I don't want to fight. I want to win. So, I want to pick the right target. Because let's face it, training predominantly self-defense things isn't that sexy a training, right? That's why it's probably best terminated training, meaning a training course, not ongoing training. Um, when it comes to just the pure application and education of purely self-defense things, if you notice any martial arts class, any self-defense class, hypothetically that's ongoing, they deviate. They get into art pretty quickly or the sport of it pretty quickly. My classes included, right? The ongoing classes are 
a mixture of sport, art, and functional defense. Uh, They almost have to be ongoing because people wouldn't, they wouldn't pay attention after a while, right? Because the training is not that sexy. Week in and week out for, you know, a year, five years, ten years, a lifetime. So you've got to mix other things in. And you just do it by its own accord. Because we're talking about the art of life, the art of living. Um, so obviously another thing that that can help you protect yourself that's a byproduct of the art or sport is your physical attributes, right? You're probably getting a cardio workout. You're probably getting some strength training and you're used to roughhousing a little bit. So the attributes that you get from a martial arts class or a sport, I'll help you for the majority of the conflicts and maybe um, violent encounters that you might run into on the street. We have blanket terms, right? So when we think of self-defense, we'll start thinking of a brand name, kind of like flying disc we call a frisbee which is a brand name frisbee is a brand name from i think whammo or something like that and it's really not a frisbee it's really a flying disc look it up here and i'm curious frisbee brand maybe it's whammo frisbee brand name who came up with Frisbee brand name? It is Whammo. <laughs> Look at that. So Whammo came up with the name Frisbee, and that's a brand name, right? It's a flying disc. It's a disc that you th- throw in a particular way, and it floats. Oh, there you go. The official... Oh, oh wait. The official Frisbee is owned by Mattel toy manufacturer who bought the toy from Whammo in 1994. So it is now owned by Mattel, but it was originated by Whammo. There you go. And what happens is when we train, let's say we come in from for self-defense and then we end up becoming a connoisseur of a particular art style, whether um, whatever flavor it is. Kind of like, you know, you may like different types of art. You might like Van Gogh, and I might like, you know, super modern art like, you know, Picasso or something. This person might like classical music, and that person may like jazz. This person over there might like rock and roll, but a particular type of rock and roll, maybe like death metal. And this other person over here likes indie rock, and that person over there likes alternative, 90s alternative. And that person looks like he really gets into Rush, which was a particular type of a rock and roll music, right? 
progressive rock, I think. This chick over there likes New Age, or New Wave, rather. 80s New Wave. He likes hip-hop. She likes rap. I mean, there's so many nuances. And then what happens, though, when, the, when it comes to self-defense, <clears throat> martial arts, we mistake the function for the art. Because all of these arts, they can have function. But there's limitations to them when it comes to real practicality. And here's the thing, just like I was listening to Kevin Smith, right, who's been panned by many critics. And um, he's got a very loyal kind of underground fan base, though. Matter of fact, when Clerks 3 opened up earlier this year, or last year, rather, late last year, October of last year, um, 2022, I took myself and a couple of buddies of mine, Mark and Jerry, to go... See Kevin Smith. He played the movie and then he did a Q&A. So Kevin has a very particular way of marketing his movies, not like the mass marketing that, you know, Marvel does and, you know, all these big studios like Warner Brothers and and um, Paramount and all these other big movie uh, studios. Kevin has a totally grassroots way of promoting it. What he does is he, he's he got a small, relatively speaking, small fan base and loyal fan base. So rather than the mass marketing that these bigger flicks do, he still is very much independent in this regards, that he'll go and tour. He'll do a tour and he'll sell tickets. You know, like we went to 20 Monroe, which is downtown Grand Rapids here. And there was probably, I don't know, maybe 2,000, 2,500 people who paid, I don't know, I think tickets that I paid for were like 80 bucks or something a piece. And, you know, you could get the VIP experience for probably a couple hundred bucks or you could get the, the cheapy, cheapy seats for maybe somewhere between 35 and $55. Um, so he goes on tour, basically, and he sells these more premium price tickets, more so than you would pay to go see a movie, movie, right? Which is, uh, you know, a movie costs nowadays 10, 12 bucks or whatever it is. So you pay, you know, on average, people there going there probably pay 100 bucks. And then they buy swag while they're there. I don't know if he gets a cut of the concessions at all, but, you know, he definitely sells all of his goods and wares and VIP experience behind the scenes and all this. So he go, he hits, I don't know, I think he hit like, I want to say 50 different venues across the nation. Because his movie, Clerks 3, I don't think played in very many theaters, relatively speaking, to the movie industry. And I'm sure it didn't play for very long. And obviously he's got streaming rights and back in the day it'd be, you know, video tape and DVD rights. I'm sure that's diminished now, but now it's streaming rights for wherever it streams. And um, all the merchandise. So he's got a very unique way of, of, not really unique, but it's not that mainstream way of promoting his shows. What does this have to do with martial arts? I know you're thinking. Um, 
he gets panned a lot by the critics. When it comes to martial arts, the critics are the fans. Yes, my friends, the critics are the fans. So your biggest critic is going to be the fan of another martial art. If you look on YouTube, the biggest followings and most of the videos in that that you or not most but a lot of them that you see out there are basically panning other martial arts i like get it it's easy to do right but it's the whole my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing my art is so good and yours is shit kind of thing and here's why. And look at these idiots who are doing this stupid shit that nobody would do or get you killed. Uh, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, this technique will get you killed. And I guess sometimes it could be true, but it's just my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing. Look at how good my Chevy is versus your really shitty Ford. Look at how good my Ford is versus your really crappy Chevy. Look, this Ford won this race, so that means all Fords are good. Look, this Chevy won this, what do you call it, uh, Consumer's Report Award, so everything is about my brand is good. So we, our tribal nature, we will support our group and try to poke holes at the others. Don't do that. It's just not worth your time. At some point in time, if you're training defensive tactics, you're going to find yourself training a martial art. And you're going to have your favorites, just like I have my favorite music, just like I have my favorite movies. Some people like dramas. Some people like comedies. Some people like action adventures. Some people like crazy B-flick movies. I love old Godzilla movies, right? I love these old monster movies. Just like books. Some people like Stephen King. Some people like Dean Coons. Some people like other authors that I can't think of right now. <laughs> all of them names all the ones that I like. Uh, you know, Clive Barker, Anne Rice. And you can tell the, the genre that I like because I'm listening to them because I can't think of any other, author, any other authors right now. Some people like the classics. Some people like, you know, short stories. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And don't get so high on your horse about whatever art that you like at the expense of other people, Right? If you're training, you're probably better off than not training, no matter what you choose, whether it's Tai Bo or it's, you know, the latest, greatest Navy SEAL Team 6 system and approach. Whether you're a combat sport person or you do Tai Chi and never come into contact with anybody except push hands exercises. 
my feeling is you're going to be better off training than not training. And then your training has got to be appropriate for who you are, where you're at with life, your age, your physicality, and so forth. Um, and that may change. You know, I'm 52 years old. I train differently. I have different expectations than when I was 20. But pick something that's going to feed your soul to feed your mind, feed your body. Something that's going to help you to be a tough target, to be a survivor, a defender, a protector, and a peace walker. Because when it comes to to real self-defense, it's more than just physical. There's a lot more going on there. And it's more than just a dual dualistic fight. But do something that keeps you going. And oftentimes the thing that keeps you going is more of an art form. It's more of a sport. That's what keeps you coming back for more. So pick your flavor. Whether you want to be a ninja, a Shaolin monk, or the next UFC winner. Just keep going. And don't forget about it's helping to protect life. At the very least yours with your interests, with you being healthy and so forth. But at the heart of your art, your combat sport and all that lies this idea of most good least harm, being a protector of everybody, being that person who is confident, clear enough so you can have people's backs and you can try to be a force for good. And if you're training in that way, I don't care what art you train. I don't care what sport you train. You and I, my friend, are training the same thing. So, all right, enough of my rambling. If you want to get in on a little bit of my art and function, get on 6 and I'll share some of my lifetime of um, passion and experience with you on how to be a better protector of your own life and others, how to live a more powerful life, a better life. So 6daydefense.com, folks. That will help you to support this project that I call life and the Peace Walker path. So thanks for joining me today. I know it's a little bit rambly. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Get out there and be a force for good. We'll see you soon. Take care. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.